Welcome to the Retire Notes podcast series about preparing for retirement. I'm Bruce Manners, the author of Retirement Ready and the founder of retirenotes.com website. Today I'm in conversation with Jill Weeks, who has broad experience in the retirement field. She's co-author of Where to Retire in Australia, Retire Busy, and author of 21 Days to Retire. And she's a broadcaster featured regularly on ABC Radio. Welcome, Jill. Thanks very much, Bruce. Welcome to you. Thank you. What created the interest in retirement for you? Well, I suppose um, going back, it was a university project that I had to complete, you know, sort of choose a topic, do a thesis on it, go along from there. So, and my husband had been an accountant, financial advisor for many, many years, written lots and lots of books on finance. And he said, why don't you do a project on retirement? And, you know, some of my clients might like to participate in your project. So went on from that. And then I thought, gee, this is pretty interesting. I met some fantastic people who had retired for all different reasons. And then it just sort of kept going on from there. And then we've written books together and, um, you know, done radio and writing and, you know, all, all of that sort of thing and seminars. And it's just you, progressed. Yeah. You, you sounded like you have a passion for the topic. Ah! <laughs> well, it's always very interesting. I'm always interested in people and, um, you know, in terms of where they retire, why they retire, what they do in retirement. I guess I like to be a, a source of information. Yes. And where they live in retirement. Where they live. You know, as we say, we tell you where to uh, retire nicely, <laughs> where to go nicely. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, that's good. I think that's good. So where to retire is... Why did you write that book? Well, my husband and I had seen similar concepts in America. We're over there and we thought, well, there is a real need for publications on where to retire in Australia because we'd seen too many people just think, well, let's go where we had a holiday to retire or feel that they had to move in retirement. And, of course, it doesn't always end up in a great state, I suppose, is the way to, to actually look at it because sometimes people move too far away, sometimes they do it on a whim. There's a reason they have to come back to maybe where they came from, but often they can't afford to. And a lot of these people we call halfbacks, meaning they can only come halfway back. Because of finance, finances, usually, yes. yeah, yeah. Because you know, you see people who move around the country, and it's a costly business. And um, you know, sometimes people are sort of stranded, if you like, in a place. No matter how nice the area might be, a lot of people would love to go back to where they originally started. So, how did you actually research for the book? Oh, well, we consulted the Bureau of Statistics, you know, to try and find out where retired people were. And they didn't really have a category like that, but they sort of said, well, why don't you look at some age groupings, you know, over 65, over 70 and, and so on. And we, we started by looking at those areas. We also consulted the uh, Bureau of Meteorology about the weather. We consulted councils, you know, do they have a new residence kit? What can they offer you? What are some of the issues in the area? We consulted the police, you know, in terms of was a station 24 hours? Did they have in innovative programs for seniors. What was the crime like? And boy, were we told some things. <laughs> I, I almost, almost write a book on where not to retire, but that'd be pretty silly. But the thing is that areas do change over time. And you've really got to remember that, that it might be a crime hotspot, perhaps in the uh, tourist season, but certainly um, later on, it may not be. It may be a, a perfectly normal thing. So there's doctors, there's medical facilities. We interview as many people as we can, locals, people who have moved there. And uh, often we find a lot of retired people at the information centre where they volunteer. Yeah, that's quite thorough. I mean, it's fairly deep research, really. <laughs> well, when we go to a town or an area, we divide the tasks and we often swap over at different towns so we don't get bored, okay. I suppose, with the, the same place. And uh, occasionally it'd be nice to stay a lot longer in a place, but there's lots to be done in each place we visit. 
So you did the whole of Australia. This is huge. <laughs> well, we had certain spots or certain areas. The first time we looked at towns and the second time that we've um, written things up has been areas, you know, in terms of the state. We left out the Northern Territory because there's not that many people who say, I must go and retire at the Northern Territory. And the statistics look at that. And you often find that people that, you know, reach a certain age, retirement age, will move from the Northern Territory. And, and we've found a lot of them actually like the Sunshine Coast or the Queensland. They still want the hot weather, I suppose. And to go over there. Um, so we sort of left out the remote areas, if you like. Fair enough. This would have taken a year or so at least of travel and how did you work that? <laughs> oh, we planned it. So we did it in several stages. So we weren't sort of away for a whole year because we also had a lot of things to do back home. Sure. So we did it in certain spots and then we, we sort of typed things up as we went and um, kept on going. And yeah, we just really did it in chunks. The next time we, we did it, um, oh boy, <laughs> we, we really were working seven days a week because we we're also running a, another business. Um, mm. and so it was really, really hectic for, it was about, oh, I'd say three or four months of intense work, mm. intense work. <laughs> yeah. Was it worth it? I think so because good, um, good. my husband and I. I'm, I'm pleased. <laughs> my husband and I both like a challenge, and we love projects. And um, you know, we've both got different interests as well as same interests. And I think that was great, and it was a great way of, I guess, travelling with a purpose. Is there any figures on the percentage who do shift to who mm. to to those who stay? It's very haphazard in terms of trying to actually get the statistics of, you know, who is actually retired as they move or whatever. So there's been various ones come over the years, but, you know, generally you'll, you'll see the New South Wales migration into Queensland is quite large or yes. Victoria into New South Wales, those sort of things. And I'd say just anecdotally, since perhaps the seventies when there were so many Victorians heading up to Queensland, it was, you know, virtually a traffic jam up that yes. Newell Highway that slowed down. And you don't tend to see that many people from Tasmania moving. You do get a few people going from Tasmania up sort of the warmer climates and occasionally um, you'll come across cases of people who've moved from Sydney down to Tasmania to retire because they release a, a bit of equity there and you know get a nice lifestyle but that can be a one-way trip too. Yes yes which I guess gets us to the point why do people shift? Well there's a lot of reasons why people shift it could be the uh, crime the congestion their neighborhoods changed you know there's a lot of development and it's not for them um, there's just um, so many different things such as could be the weather, you know, a bit of warmth, a bit of warmth yes, on, the, on, yes. the, on the bones as we all get older. Some people may still like to do a bit of work and technology allows them to work part-time from anywhere. But it's often the crime, the congestion, you know, a sense of something new that they'll go and have a look at. Hmm. Yeah, and that makes sense. I mean, uh, as you mentioned, a, a suburb can change. Mm. You know, different people shift in. And you feel like you don't fit. Yeah. yeah. And some people like to build a, what I'd call a lifestyle property. Perhaps this is their chance to actually indulge or get a few acres, for example, and, and yes. sort of go back to earth, I suppose, and, and, and just enjoy, enjoy life. Yeah. Now, a lot of people seem to want to, maybe they don't do it, but they seem to want to go to, I guess you could call it a tourist town, mm. place where they've spent holidays and so on. Strengths and weaknesses of that? Well, I guess um, perhaps we'll do the weaknesses first in, in sure. terms of some ways because I think it's very important for people to go to a tourist town in the middle of winter when there's hardly any tourists there and actually check out how many locals are there because we've seen towns around Australia where you go there and it's winter and there's houses just locked up and you can tell they're holiday houses and there's only a few permanents. And I know one um, place on the South Australian coast, they said, 
There was no neighbourhood watch because the locals said we're not going to be a de facto security service for holiday house owners. So they said, well, that's it. We're um, pulling up the, the ropes here because there was you know, a lot of crime around and they just couldn't cope with all that crime. So I think that you really need to go and have a look in the um, and see what it's like. But also the cost of living in a tourist town can be prohibitive for some people if you're on a fixed course, income yes. and you can't get out of the place. Yes. And plus there's the congestion as well. And, you know, anecdotally, um, police tell us in certain Queensland towns that, um, you know, there's a lot of petty theft during the summer, the peak seasons where there might be a handbag left under a table in a cafe and no one knows notices it's noisy, it's, you know, those things. People forget to lock windows, that sort of thing. There's a lot of petty theft coming around. So I guess that's some of the weaknesses, you know, the congestion, crime. could be loneliness too because if you'd like to speak to people, they're coming down to their holiday home for a weekend or perhaps they're renting their home out. You know, people like to just relax. They're not really interested in becoming best friends with the neighbours necessarily. Yes. Yes. But I guess on, on the positive side, um, there's a certain vibe. Some people really like that vibe. They like the, I guess, the interest that uh, new people coming to a town sure. um, bring, which is really good. And for some people, it's a great opportunity to set up perhaps a bed and breakfast or another little business that... Be- become a part of the tourist industry. Yeah, become yeah. part of the tourist industry. So, you know, there's there's pluses and minuses, and, and sometimes you'll find that there's a lot more money around in terms of doing up the facilities and services. Yeah, yeah. You painted a fairly horrific picture in the first scenario. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I had this picture of a tourist place in winter where every second house was empty. Yeah. Well, I do know some people that moved, um, let's say it's west of Melbourne to a seaside yes. town. And, um, they, no they, names. No names. <laughs> I won't even tell you what it starts with. And uh, they, they particularly found that it was very lonely for them. You know, sure. um, in, in winter it was lonely because apart from the shopkeepers and some of the shops were shut and those things. And they said, oh, look, if only we had come at this time, rather than thinking it was buzzing and the sunshine, you know, shone every day and, you know, um, everything would be, be fine. So I think that's another thing you really have to put on that list is to actually, you know, go and visit an area in all seasons and all times of the year. Yeah, it, it sounds like you have to test drive it in you a You really sense. do have to test drive places, yeah. yeah. How do you do that? Give me some practical tips. <laughs> well, before you're even thinking, well, if you are thinking, I should say, but before you even move anywhere, I'd subscribe to the local newspaper for at least 18 months, if not longer, to find out what the issues are. This may actually sort of flush out whether you're socially compatible as well, because if you're into... I don't know whether it's opera or entertainment or, you know, big shows in your capital city. It may be a disappointment to you if you find out that everyone's sport mad and they huh, don't, yes. don't like cinema and they don't really care to watch TV and they don't like plays or opera or whatever it might be. You may actually just pick up that vibe from the uh, newspaper as well. I'd also speak to the newspaper editor because boy, do they tell you some things. Okay. They know things. Yes. <laughs> they yes. know things and they, they're quite happy to tell you as well. And I guess. I mean, if there was a a wind farm about to be put on the outskirts of town or something, that would be in the newspapers. It certainly would. And you'll find out, yeah, the issues, whether it's a wind farm, whether they're going to mine for coal or, you mm-hmm. know, whether it's um, there's a lot of emphasis in the shire given to one area and not another area, for example, whether there's a lot of issues with um, having access to medical facilities or it could be crime, for example. And I think it's just really important to see what emphasis is put in a local paper so you can find out whether it's for you. Yeah. Would going and living there for a bit, I assume that would be helpful. That would be extremely helpful if you've got the time, you know, to do that. Rent, house swap, 
a house sit, that's the myth. Take your wheel estate, your caravan, and, you know, go and actually right into the heart of things and, and see what that's like as well. But there's nothing really that is a substitute for actually going and living in, a, in an area before you buy. Before you buy would mm. be the, mm. the key phrase, yes, yes. Yes, it'd be terrible to be there in your house and say, I hate this. Yes. Oh, it's really sad when you sort of see people that said, oh, look, I didn't realise it was fill in the blank, too cold, too hot, yes. um, you know, and all sorts of other reasons. Yes, yes. Have you seen people do that? Is that- mm. Yeah, particularly with um, weather, uh, you know, as I said, too hot, too yes, cold. Yes, yes. And also access to medical facilities. You'll often find people coming back to an area where they were from because perhaps the medical facilities were, were better where they were. Yeah. yeah. When you get to retiree stage, you are getting older, aren't you? <laughs> well, you know, it, it's, it's not over the hill. It's just enjoying the view. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'll write that down. <laughs> All right, so is there a checklist or something like that that people th- could consider? Yeah, I, I really think that they need to have a look at the checklist and uh, things that you can actually put on it would be, in my opinion, the top of everyone's list should be the medical care. How many doctors live and practice in the town? Are there specialists there? We're in um, a town in New South Wales and my husband went and interviewed um the medical people there and there was a man hanging around because he was wanting to make sure his mother got her optometrist appointment the next day and um, there was something like 90 patients, the specialist from Sydney was going to see that day, that next day. 90 in one 90, day? 90 in one day. And she'd well, be Was on- this an isolated town or...? No, no, it's it's probably, oh, maybe it's got about, I'd say, six to 8,000 people. Okay. Yeah, but this particular specialist is a, yes. had come, and this is, this is this is mm. what happens in a lot of areas around Australia. So mm. I think the medical is really important. Security of an area, you know, and talking to the police, neighbourhood watch, those things. Third thing I'd have a look at is the weather, and not only just in terms of how comfortable you're with the weather, mm. but also how your pets adapt you know, okay. um, yeah, uh, a vet told me that um, shaggy dogs in Queensland, if they've come from Tasmania or Victoria, don't always cope so well. Yeah. <laughs> Do people cope so <laughs> people, well? <laughs> yeah, well, exactly. Um, so you've got to make sure that uh, Fido's quite happy as well with the move. And also, if you're a keen gardener, you might find it difficult to adapt to a certain area as well. Another thing I'd look at definitely is the cost of living in areas. I said, sure. does it go up and down with demand? Real estate, what's available? Is there adequate aged care? Is there sort of retirement homes is there one bedroom apartments or you know what's the choice around and how expensive is it and is an area is it always up for sale is there something wrong Mm. (laughs) those are some of the things i also think look at recreation and culture as i mentioned before have a look at what's there to do when visitors come particularly if you've got grandchildren and uh, you've got to have a magnet or a honeypot i think to actually you know go and um, make sure that everyone's very happy i know on the sapphire coast of new south wales I think it was locals, produced a book called 101 Free Things to Do with Your Grandkids. Oh, that's neat. <laughs> Which was really nice, you know. And so, you know, looking to what's there to do, um, community issues, as we talked about before, transport, that's very important because if you perhaps don't always have the access to transport, you've got to check out what's available, bus, taxi, train, plane, and, uh, you know, you make sure that there is a plane or an airport nearby in terms of, you know, not only you getting out, but medical um, emergencies or crisis. I know one North Queensland town told us, if you've got a pain, get on a plane. (laughs) Okay, that's simple. (laughs) Because that particular area was uh, very specialised in terms of tropical medicine at the local hospital, but not so good on other different ones that they flew to Brisbane for. So, yeah, transport's also a very important issue. Yeah. 
So really it is do your homework, isn't it? Do your homework, yeah, yeah. absolutely do your homework. And you know, just because you've had a nice holiday there or you've been going there for 30 years yes. doesn't necessarily mean that it will be your, you know, your best place to retire. And as they say, today's paradise could be very well tomorrow's busy high street. So just keep that in mind as well. Yes. I have one last question for you. <laughs> have you worked out where you're going to retire? <laughs> uh, I often say I wish I had a dollar for everyone who asked me that because I'd probably be, you know, on my private plane somewhere, I think. <laughs> but no. Well, I, I think what, what I'd, I'd like to do is, because I've lived in quite a few towns around Victoria, for example, yes. um, I've lived in Melbourne for a long time, uh, I, I kind of know what I want in an area. Yes. rather than actually a particular town or state. So I'd be looking at, you know, ticking off the things I want on my list and seeing I might have them where I am right now. Yes, yes, and so that'd be fine. <laughs> hmm. Hey, thank you for, uh, for sharing that with us. Thanks, Bruce. And thank you for listening to the RetireNotes.com podcast. <laughs>